0: Hey all, this is Bushido Squirrel. We're picking up with round two with...
1: Kendall Mayhew, a staff organizer at People Organized for West Side Renewal and Ground Game.
0: So last time we talked about the concept of organizing and, and what that entails. So now I've gotten a group of people together and we've decided we want to fight for something. How do we go about actually fighting for that thing?
1: So in organizing terminology, we call that something that you're talking about a campaign. Um, as in a campaign to do X, Y, Z.
0: And so do I just want to like go yell at City Hall with my group of people? Do, do I want to like uh, follow the mayor around when he goes on his daily <laughs> Starbucks run and just like, you know, hold up signs in his face? Like how, how do I actually <laughs> figure out who I'm talking to?
1: Great. Uh, <laughs> first of all, like yelling can be really cathartic and there's a place for that. <laughs> I yelled a lot in the streets after Trump got elected. That was important for me and for all the hundreds of people that were around me in L.A. Um, uh, but yeah, like when we're talking about a campaign, we're talking about that's something that's specific and strategic uh, and targeted. So generally speaking, a campaign is going to be something a lot more specific and tangible than going and yelling.
0: <laughs> just just although screaming, whatever this is, I'm against it, is probably not going to get results.
1: Right, although there will there may be a place for screaming and yelling within a campaign, (laughs) which we'll talk about.
0: (laughs) But so as I'm, as I'm figuring out what it is that, that I'm asking for and we're asking for, uh, how do I decide who I'm talking to? What, what strategy would I use to figure out who I guess my, my targets are?
1: Yeah. Targets. Exactly. So, so we call this process identification. So when you have a group of people together and you have a need that you want to meet, uh, a problem you want to solve, whatever, uh, you enter into a period of identification, which is where you decide what the issue is that you're going to work on, um, and that's the beginning, is what's the issue, and, 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 and if this is the issue, then uh, what's, our, um, what's our stated goal? What are we trying to accomplish specifically? Uh, and then once you have a very specific uh, thing you want, tangible thing you want, $15 minimum wage, whatever the thing is... Then you can figure out who your targets are. So your target is going to be the person who can give you what you want. There's somebody out there who can make this thing happen. <laughs> They're probably an elected official. Uh, that's your target. Or it could be a company if you're a union organizer, right? Um, who is the target? The, the board? The CEO? And it, it,
0: it's probably really important to make sure you've got the right target, right? Like spending a lot of time (laughs) asking people who can't bureaucratically do what you want is, is not going to be very helpful. So the research part is really important to the organization.
1: Super important. You want to do a lot of research and also mind you, this identification process is done within the organization and not publicly. Um, You don't want people to know what you're doing (laughs) until you know exactly what you're doing. Um, So yeah. So then once you have a target, Another part of this identification process is figuring out who are your allies. So who are the people that might have some power who will be on your side? Um, Who are other people that have any kind of power or positioning or leverage who could be made into allies about this specific cause?
0: So so for somebody like me... Who would never vote for like somebody who's on our city council? Like, I wouldn't vote for the <laughs> Democrats or the Republicans. I would always, I would always go further afield. Um, but would I still want to consider one of those people to be my ally if Potentially, they can yeah. help me?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you know, for a lot in a lot of cases, like with our city council, for example, like you'll have an indiv- like there's 15 city council people here, which is ridiculous. That's a story for another day. But you know, you'll have a specific council member who's particularly um, Particularly progressive or left on immigration, say right. Mm-hmm. A lot of them will have a, an issue that maybe it affects them purpose personally. Maybe they you know have some connection to it, um, but for whatever reason, that's their issue. So if you're working on something that's immigration related, you want to go. You you might know that this city council member, even though he's not somebody you would have voted for, is particularly positioned closer to you on. The, the issue that you have at hand. So yeah, absolutely. Also that could be not just somebody elected. It could be a staff person. It could be a company, it could be a business leader in the community. It could be, you know, any number of things and you can get creative with that.
0: So, so once I've decided or worked with someone, uh, as an ally, are they always going to be my ally? Will <laughs> I always have to come back and work with them? Or what if we disagree?
1: <laughs> we have a great thing we say in organizing, which is, um, uh, we have no uh, permanent enemies, and we have no permanent friends. So you always want to be like treading carefully. Um, it can mean that they'd be your ally in the future, um, but but it's definitely not. You know, you you never want to align yourself with somebody outside your organization with the idea that it's a permanent thing. Um, so it, so it'd be more always issue be to, holding people accountable.
0: It'd, it'd be more of an issue to issue thing than like a personality thing.
1: Exactly, issue to issue and campaign to campaign.
0: Okay, okay. And so now I've identified the target, I've decided that they're my ally, and now what do I do? Do I just show up and tell them, hey, give me this thing, and then they (laughs) give me
1: the thing? Well, (laughs) uh, so even before that, you also wanna really get specific about what your demands are, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, so you wanna know exactly what you want, like as much clarity around that as you can get, uh, and as
0: far as that having like a ballot measure or you guys sure. build X thing, there's, mm-hmm. there's some tangible, like, I know that this campaign has succeeded when we get that thing.
1: I mean, a great example is, you know, the fight for 15, $15 minimum wage. Very clear. This is what we want. We want minimum wage wage moved to $15 an hour. Very clear, very specific. There are people who can make that happen, right? Um, so yeah, once you have that done, you you've done the identification part of the process, which is super important. And then once you have that, then you can move to what we call confrontation. Um, so confrontation, you know, is a word that <laughs> in, colloquially. Uh, has, like, a a larger meaning to it of, like, some sort of, like, drama. Mm -hmm. Um, But it doesn't necessarily... Like me
0: showing up and occupying somebody's office or, you know, (laughs) knocking their Starbucks order out of their hand in the morning. But we're not talking (laughs) about something that's
1: necessarily that head-on. Generally speaking, you don't want to start there. (laughs) Though, keep it in your back pocket, man. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I mean, confrontation essentially just indicates uh, going public, with your demands, saying you know, just letting people know what you want essentially is your first confrontation. So your first, the 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 where you want to start with the campaign is you want to start expect like you know with the potential that it could happen. Like in theory, you know, it could have been that we got a bunch of people together, said we want fifteen dollars minimum wage. We went to the city council and presented them with just ourselves saying we want this, and they said, "Cool, hmm. you got it." Hmm. That and, could happen.
0: And, and then the confrontation would be successful. And yeah, then we you did the confrontation.
1: Pushing. Confrontation, done.
0: But what if the first confrontation doesn't work out? Like the, the city council's like, but we don't want to pay you that much.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, yeah, So so once you've gone public with it, once you've had your initial confrontation, which again, like you want to start small. So, you know, it might be a letter to the city council saying, These organizations or these people have gotten together and said, we want this, right? Um, Once you've done that and then you don't get it, (laughs) then you're going to enter into the next phase, which is negotiation. So uh, before you enter negotiation, and again, as part of the identification process, Mm. you want to be really clear about what your demands are and also what your bottom lines are.
0: So, so what's my bottom, like, what is the bottom line? Is that, because I'm used to thinking of that in terms of, like, numbers and financials and stuff like that, you <laughs> right. know, like, am I making enough money to float the business, <laughs> that sort of thing, but what, yeah. what do you mean specifically by a, so, the bottom line for an organization?
1: Totally, so specifically, like, you know, this is completely analogous to when you're going in to negotiate your salary, going into to buy something at the, you know, let's say you're at the farmer's market, and you're like, yeah, I want five avocados, like, I want to pay seven bucks, and the guy's like, I want nine, you're like, I want to pay seven, and he's like nine, and then he's like eight, and you're like, cool. Eight was your bottom line, right? Oh, eight okay. was what you were willing to pay. <laughs>
0: Th- that's as much as I'm willing to give up, like that <laughs> yeah, that extra exactly. dollar, mm-hmm. um, the you know, uh, a thirteen fifty minimum wage versus the fifteen that you're originally asking for. But having a yeah. lower goal that you're willing to settle for, even though it's not what you originally wanted.
1: Right, and you don't necessarily have to have a lower goal than what you're originally asking for. It could be that your bottom line is $9 or whatever. Like It could be your bottom line is $15 an hour, and that's fine, but you have to know that because if you don't know what your bottom line is when you go into negotiation, you're going to sell out because you don't have clarity.
0: And it seems like a part of your, your research too would want to – Understand what the bottom line of the people you're you're targeting with this campaign yeah. like the knowing that the people on the, mm-hmm. the Board believe well, we can only pay $14 an hour at the most right instead of 15 or mm-hmm. that there might be people who are like I'd really like to make it 20 mm-hmm. Sort of thing.
1: which again going back to the identification process is when you want to figure out what is the right? Uh, what is the right demand to make? Mm-hmm. Um, what's the strategic demand and that comes from research so the strategic demand is probably not $50 an hour. Okay. Minimum wage. Though that sounds great. But that might not be the most strategic demand. I want that for everybody. Yeah. But and it, I it, don't want people to have to work for it. But, like, that's not the strategic demand, right? Because you want to go in knowing what's, what's, an, what's a tangible thing? What's something that we can – what's an accomplishable goal? Because you don't want to be running a bunch of campaigns with – completely unaccomplishable goals because that's not going to build your community's trust in you and build your community's trust in itself to win.
0: I'm beginning to understand why my my campaign for fully automated gay space luxury communism tomorrow isn't having a lot of traction.
1: Great. I'm really glad you're you're having that. Yeah. Like, that's awesome.
0: Because I have to, we want things (laughs) that not just sound good and look good and are what we'd want the world to be, but things that are accomplishable within the material conditions we're in, right?
1: Unfortunately, yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um,
0: So we've, so now we're negotiating and negotiations aren't going as well as I would (laughs) like. I'm getting some pushback. Where, where do I go?
1: So negotiations, you have a meeting, right? Uh, You call a meeting with the person you sent a letter to who said no, Uh, and you negotiate. That doesn't necessarily mean that you end with a solution out of a negotiation, because you often don't, because it's just the beginning of a process. So what you do, uh, if you don't get what you want out of negotiation, is you move into escalation.
0: Now, that sounds that sounds very dramatic.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, escalation is fun. Um, so escalation, essentially what you're doing is you're trying to increase tension. Um, so you want to make it so that the person that you're negotiating with is more compelled to give you what you want. Um, and so that sounds really dramatic. It, it doesn't need to be like, like we said before, it's like, you're not going to go from this one meeting with a city council person to knocking their coffee out of their hand, yeah. laying down in front of them in the street or whatever. Um, cause that would be. Way too quick of an escalation and not strategic.
0: But you do want to apply some pressure as you yeah. go along and mm-hmm. as you're not getting what you want, you want to let them know that you're not going away that easily.
1: Yeah, exactly. So your escalation you want to be um, to to go step at a time. So you know an escalation from that first letter that you sent with an organization might be sending another letter with 20 other organizations signed on with you saying it's not just us who want this. It's actually way more people than you realize um, uh, you know, that it might be as simple as that.
0: And, and so an escalation, um, just to make this clear, it doesn't necessarily have to be a negative thing. It could just be showing more support. It yeah, could absolutely. be showing other people signing onto your campaign that it will mm-hmm. be politically beneficial, not like, Hey, we're totally. threatening your political career or the way we generally think about <laughs> conflict negotiation escalation as being yeah. not collaborative, but necessarily kind of antagonistic.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, a lot, of a lot of organizing is about, unpacking some of the things that are projected onto this drama of the politics of the world. Like, the reality is, like, this is how you do things all the time. Like, we're always negotiating. So it's really just making it accessible for people. Um, Because politicians are doing this all the time. Business people are doing this all the time with politicians. Um, This is just giving folks who are not in positions of power access to negotiation. Negotiation is already happening. You just aren't part of it. (laughs) (laughs) So escalating, you know, and, and that's why also we really want people to understand that, you know, this escalation is a part of the system. You're not bucking the system. You are part of the system. This escalation from people, organized people, is part of how these things happen and always has been. You know, any of the gains that we've seen, like we're talking about fifteen dollars an hour, like what about the eight-hour work week? Like these things came through people putting immense pressure on because they had to um, to do that. It didn't. It never came from some city council person being like, you know, what I think is a good idea. Why don't we let people have weekends? Like that never happened.
0: And, and escalation <laughs> of a, a, a different level that we don't really deal with today, with like haymarket and stuff like that, Not where yet. people, yeah, well. Here's hoping, not hoping. Um, <laughs> uh, but it, it, the the escalation we're talking about is more kind of the formal negotiation and not so much into the, the street. Beginning.
1: Well, at the beginning, yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, it, it's also giving the politician an opportunity to do the thing you want to do. and like, And also, like, politicians are really embedded into a system where they need to have political cover in order to do anything. They also need to be able to go back to their colleagues and say, hey, like... It's not necessarily that I want to do it, but like, look at what my community members are asking for it. They keep asking for it. Like, if you give them enough cover, like often something they do actually want to do, they feel like they can't because they don't have the political capital. Am I getting into the weeds here a little bit? No, that that actually that's a, I I
0: think, I think it's it's necessary because thing. as you pointed out, people are are left feeling necessarily locked out of the process. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not a lobbyist. So I'm not going to be in a meeting with a politician. And we know that's where the business is happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the idea that we as private citizens in a group or even as individuals, depending on how big or small your organization is, can get in there and operate on their level and get those wins and not feel like you have to be a dude in a suit in a closed boardroom, yep. in a building that most people can't get into, in order to make change, mm-hmm. is a pretty big revelation.
1: It's huge, and you know, and to go further with that, like what's really important too is to remember that like decorum, civility, politeness, professionalism are all creations of the people who are in power, in order to keep people who are not having access to that, to keep them without access to that. Um, it's a way, you know, those are all completely made-up rules <laughs> that don't really exist uh, that are designed to tell you, like, voicing your opinion is inappropriate. Uh, being you, You're not being the right part of the system. You're not doing this right. Um, so, you know, there does come a time when escalation does move beyond, like, these kind of, like, more conventional, uh, like, system-friendly moves where you are going into a city hall meeting and disrupting it. Yeah, and uh, or holding a press conference or occupying an office.
0: So when we're talking this, the like conflict negotiation or confrontation negotiation escalation cycle, are are we just doing that once? Are we doing that until?
1: You, I mean, you're doing it until you can come to a resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, you're doing it until you can reach your bottom line. Um, or and
0: and do you also? set sort of a high bar for as far as you're willing to escalate, like how far uh, you're willing to take an issue?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you, you know, you do want, like, you know, it is important to live to fight another day, right? Uh, you don't want to completely alienate yourself. And also that's, again, why you pick an, 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 um, why you pick a goal, a campaign that is actually accomplishable, right? Um, so, yeah, so you're going to go to escalation and then, the escalation will again lead to another confrontation, right? Whether that's another meeting, whether that's showing up, whatever. It's going to lead to another confrontation, which will lead to another negotiation until you have what you want.
0: And then so let's say we went through a couple rounds of this confrontation, negotiation, escalation. We we've gotten what we wanted. We the city Same. of LA has signed on to a fifteen dollar minimum wage. Amazing. And they're gonna make that happen. So which I they just, did. Yeah. But uh but so in the, the hypothetical uh, world, uh, yeah. I, once that's done, I tell everyone to go home, right? I just, like, give them a high five <laughs> and, like, organizing's <laughs> over. We did it, guys. Have a nice life. Like, what, what do we do now?
1: <laughs> uh, no. Then, you know, after that, you're going to move into the next uh, very important stage, which is reconciliation. So reconciliation, you know, starts with you regrouping with your community members, talking about how the campaign went, doing a little bit of... Um, you know, debrief on that and what went well, what didn't go well, how can we learn from this, that kind of stuff. But also with taking the experience you just had with that person you were negotiating with and, and doing what you can to turn that person into an ally for a future fight.
0: To... Think of yourself and your organization as also having political capital, right? That's not just Absolutely. something that elected politicians have. We have as people.
1: Uh, yeah. So it's also a really important opportunity for you as an organization to give yourselves and show your former, you know, adversary uh, that you have um, created amount of respect, an amount of respect for your organization and recognition. That you are actually a force to be reckoned with, that you do have power, uh, and that you're you know worthy of engaging with, right? Um, and then what you're doing with that is you're laying the groundwork so that when you do a future campaign, that's already established. So this person, you know, this elected official knows that like if you are going to ask for something, you're going to fight for it. So they know what to expect, and given that. The next time you come in with an ask, they're probably going to give you a lot more credibility from the jump because they know that you put your money where your mouth is.
0: And so this isn't, we can't look at organizing or these these organizations as one-offs. Like this is a <laughs> continuing kind of pressure point that we're using. Like once yeah. you have people organized and doing stuff, you want to keep using that because otherwise you'll kind of lose the impact that you yeah, have, right? Guess
1: what? It doesn't work if you do it that way. Um, yeah, you know, again, you want to be on a, you want to have a long-term vision and you want to be, um, setting yourself on a vector towards that vision and then implementing action as you go. And like, when you have a vector set, then you have flexibility to, to make the little adjustments that you need to make and target somebody different or target whatever. Um, and, uh, and, and then you can actually like really accomplish what you want to accomplish in the long run. But yeah, there's, there's no end to this. You just keep organizing, just like your closet. <laughs> there's no end
0: to Marie Kondo your house. I mean, not with the Amazon drones delivering stuff like nonstop. Oh,
1: there's no. I mean, she thinks that you like are done. You tidy, and then you're done. That's not like sure in theory, Marie Kondo. Yeah, good theory book. <laughs>
0: So now I've got an idea of what my organizing campaign is going to look like and who I'm going to talk to, how I'm going to talk to them, what actions I'm going to take when they most likely say no, and then when I get them to say yes, how I get them to say yes again. So next time we're going to actually talk about a case study out here from Venice, California uh, involving Ana Cruz. cruise. If you want to just set up a little bit about how that cycle is going to look or sound to people or how this will tie into that, yeah.
1: Yeah, basically we're going to, I'm going to take you through an actual campaign that we um, are actually in the middle of right now uh, working on and we're going to talk about how exactly it plays out in an example of a case study of uh, a young woman, a member of our organization on a cruise.
0: I'm excited to see where the wheels meet the road.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's, you know, that's where it gets, you know, hard but also fun. (laughs)
0: All right, well, I'm Bushido Squirrel. Thank you guys for joining us on Ground Game Workshop, and we'll talk to you all very soon. Thanks, guys.